What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Post to Post podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Matt Small. How's your week been going, buddy? It's going. It is going. Yeah. It's almost Friday. Yeah, it's weird. We're recording on a Thursday night for you listeners that aren't aware. We're hoping that this might drop on Sunday, but we'll see what happens. You know, maybe this will be Monday for you. We'll see. A little mm-hmm. round two action coming back at you again this week. Uh, round three should probably be firing up middle of the next week, I would think, right? Yeah. Um, but I wanted to let you know that my neighbor ripped up my bushes today on the right left side of my house. Um, and it's great. It's a great thing because he's going to put a fence in for free and it's going to look very nice. But my dog was not a not a very big fan. Uh, I've had a pretty shitty day, pun intended. Um, so usually my wife goes to leave for work in the morning. This is a little tangent. I just wanted to tell you because you, you didn't get the full story earlier. Yeah. My wife leaves for work in the morning and she'll take the dog out, give her breakfast. And like, she usually let me know like, oh, she pooped, she peed, et cetera. Right. So she didn't say anything this morning. I saw food in the bowl. I assumed that she gave her breakfast and the dog went to the bathroom because I took the dog out and she sat there sniffing daisies and did nothing. Right. So mm-hmm. I bring her back inside. My father-in-law is usually, usually around, goes in and, and, you know, takes her out, blah, 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 et cetera. Right. So I get home today with, with Emma, we pull up in the driveway and, uh, I, I'm talking to the neighbor. I'm, I'm looking at the house. I, I had a long work day. This is like one of the busiest work weeks for us at, at Burke because um, Memorial Day, big holiday for us, a lot of drinking, myself included. We'll get into that later on too. I'm excited. <laughs> um, so yeah, busy week. I worked till about 6, 6.30 tonight. Uh, got home and I was talking to the neighbors with Emma. You know, I haven't even gone inside. I, I'm checking out the place. I'm like, oh, this looks great. I love all the work they did. I go to go inside. I'm like, oh, I see her in the window. Like, hi, Luna. Like, she's always ready to see see me right i open the door dude and I, I look in there and i'm like oh my god i literally took two steps in the kitchen i was like what is that and i step a little <laughs> further and i looked at the dining room window where she was up against the window and she is like cowering for me under the kitchen table i'm like oh my god dude like picture like the worst it could possibly be where your dog took a shit in your house and now double it and then double that it was everywhere, dude. Like we have hardwood floors. Uh, we have one rug. She was smart enough not to go on the rug, which is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And she also didn't track it everywhere, but she literally like went everywhere. everywhere. So I was like, what do I do? I knew my wife was going to be home in like 10 minutes. So I was like, oh my God. So I took the dog outside, let her, let her hang out. She didn't go to the bathroom, of course, because she's, she's good. She went to the bathroom. Yeah, That's great. Bathroom all over the place. Um, so when, when she gets home, I pass the baby to her. I'm like, look, hold the baby, go talk to the neighbors, go see the work they did. I'm going to box Luna on the porch and just don't go inside. <laughs> I'll take care of this. And she's like, what happened? I'm like, don't worry about it. You'll you'll know when you step inside. The whole house smelled terrible. I almost threw up when I walked in. We got all the windows open, all the candles going. I cleaned it all up. And I was like, this is this this was terrible. So yeah, pretty, I, uh, pretty shitty day, I would say. When I got here, the windows were open, but it's it was somewhat of a nice day when I got mm-hmm. here. So I was like, oh, maybe they're trying to get a fresh breeze in. And when I got into the house, I was like, yeah, it's nice in here. Didn't say anything. Walked in. We both said hi. Your wife was there. We both said hi. Probably 15, 20 minutes after me being there. Uh, we're in the kitchen, and uh, that's when your wife was just like, guess what we did today? Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh. The, dude, the worst part is, like, I'm not mad at the dog. It's not her fault. Uh, no. We left her alone for 12 hours. Like, my yep. father-in-law wasn't around. I had a long work day. Like, I just felt bad in the sense that, like, dude, like, you poor thing. Like, you stuck in the house. You have no- nowhere else to go. You're probably, like, <laughs> scared for your life. Like, she probably took one and then was like, he's going to kill me. And then just had, like, you know, nervous, nervous poops all day long, right? <laughs> I don't know. But enough of that talk. I just, I just thought I would elaborate on on uh what i experienced today 
So that's my life. I think she was like, it was the, the long time. She didn't go in the morning. And then also like there's a crane next door ripping up the ground and dropping trees and throwing stumps and grinding yeah. everything up. So she's probably like, what Freaking is going out. on? Yeah. yeah. So tough day, tough day for me. Mm-hmm. A but, shitty day. A shitty day. That's right. <laughs> that's great. Um, we did have some signings around the NHL this week. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins signed Brian Russ to a six-year contract worth 30.75 mil, a 5.125 AAV. Big move from Pittsburgh Penguins. Locking it up. Uh, probably future of the organization. Him and him and maybe Crystal Tang uh, sticking around after the Geno and Crosby era kind of goes on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Toronto locks up Mark Giordano for a two-year deal for 1.6 mil and 800,000 AAV. I like that. That's good for a senior guy, a uh, fourth-line guy with, you know, you got, you got to pay your fourth-line guy at least 750. So right. at the end of the day, Mark Giordano really only costs you 50K for a veteran presence who's been around the league. Yep. And, and, Good uh, locker room leadership. I'll be shocked what Toronto does with such the limited cap space, mm-hmm. you know. It's a good way to fill it up. Yep, 100%. And Arizona signed goalie Ivan Prosvetov to a one-year deal for an unconfirmed 750K AAV. They need something. They need something. I'm just saying after last season, they were just like, we're going to get rid of our two goalies. And then we're not going to have a backup plan whatsoever. Yeah, I haven't heard of this guy either. Maybe he's like a senior at ASU and he's just going to like, you know, play for both teams this season. And it's perfect because <laughs> you can live on campus too. Um, but that's really it for, you know, NHL news. There there wasn't too much going on this week with, with playoffs and everything. We have a ton to cover in these round two wrap-ups. Yeah. Um, but we do have IIHF Ice Hockey World Cup news to cover because we kind of dropped the ball on this one this was uh this was pretty tough i mean it started on may 13th it's now the 26th as of today uh playoffs have taken up a large portion of our time and we really didn't pay attention to this at all so but at the end of the day like what bad timing for this event the to compete with the nhl playoffs for views like that doesn't work like this makes it totally understandable why they're played on christmas day and things like that you know right agree Agree. Yep. Uh, but here's some score updates for you. Canada beat Sweden in the quarterfinals today, four to three in overtime, to go on to play Czechia, who beat Germany four to one. Um, this was actually kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. Canada was down three nothing to Sweden, and they came back from a three nothing deficit to win. Like I said, four to three in overtime. It was an amazing fake shot. Like Barzell got to open space. There's a lot of like big names in this too, which is really cool. All the teams that aren't really in the uh, in the playoffs right now. Um, he gets to space, and it kind of looks like he's going to shoot. He sets up, and he just no-look passes it back door to Drake Batherson, and uh, they end up scoring in overtime. Great win for them. So they'll be going on to the semifinals to play Czechia. And then the United States also beat Switzerland today in a 3 to nothing win, and they'll go on to play Finland, who beat Slovakia 4-2. to two. So uh, that's the finals for – I'm sorry, that's the results for the semifinals now. And the championship game is going to be this Sunday, so you guys will already know the winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we will follow up again next week with our results. So it's awesome. Yeah, good to see. Kind of cool to see all the all the big names too. But right. uh, this definitely fell by the wayside all around the league, all around the world, I would say. Yeah, no one really talks about it at all. I knew it was going on, but <clears throat> there was so much hockey going on and playoffs and everything that um, I wasn't able to – even keep up with this at all yeah or even i don't think i've watched a game i've seen highlights but i just never i haven't been able to watch like an entire game you know yeah i saw Olmark and swayman both playing too Olmark playing for sweden, sweden. i believe yep. and uh uh swayman playing for the u.s mm-hmm. representing alaska sick um but we got round two matchups here anything you want to cover before we get in there no that's it Let's all right do it. cool 
Carolina versus the New York Rangers. Uh, this game just ended for us tonight. Carolina is now leading the series 3-2. to two, And we're going to pick it up where we left off at Game 3. The New York Rangers have won this game 3-1. to one, And Gerard Gallant is sick and tired of Tony D'Angelo on the Hurricanes. He tells him uh, at the end of the game to shut the fuck up. And is just barking at him from the bench like after the game's over. This was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, Tony D'Angelo is really in the kitchen. Uh, with a bunch of people. The fact that he's getting into the head of a coach, too, says a lot about him. Yeah, know? absolutely. I think that means he's effective, and I think that also goes to show what he was in the locker room for this other team. This is a big storyline for this matchup yeah. because he's a former Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I believe Carolina, we didn't really cover this, has six former Rangers on their team. I know Jesper Faust was one of them, but there, there's a bunch of them on this team, which I thought was very interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in a post-game interview... Um, uh, Gerard Gallant goes on to say that he wasn't happy with the antics the Hurricanes instigated at the end of the game. He said, quote, we didn't do that when we were losing, and we got the guy that can handle all of their guys in Ryan Reeves. So yeah. uh, I thought that was kind of interesting, too. I just wish I knew what he said, you know? They keep it like yeah. the wayside. I'm just like, what What could piss off Gerard I think you know? I think it was really just the – I bet he was, like, getting under the skin of the, the Rangers players and being up in their grill by the bench, and Gallant caught wind of it and was like, just – beat it dude like the game's over what are you doing kind of mm, thing you know right. so I, I think that just pissed him off because he just run, like runs his mouth and I'm not one way or the other at this point like Tony D'Angelo has really revitalized his career and mm-hmm. I just think he's doing his job at the end of the day right Right. Uh, but then game four the Rangers actually end up winning that one as well four to one uh, they said that uh, I'm sorry I said that we need to have a health and wellness check on Max Domi after that Jacob Truba hit that was insane dude he absolutely Nailed. murdered him at center ice, mm-hmm. just taking off his head with an unfortunate Rushed hit. Him. Yeah. It wasn't even like intentionally high. I think Domi almost like blew an edge and was going down, and then Truba just caught his head with his shoulder. Man, that was nuts. Just spun him around, right? Mm-hmm. Then we had another another like weird highlight Zabanajad clip where he just does it all. So Zabanajad's in the offensive zone. I think he breaks his stick or loses his stick. He comes humming back to the bench. He's coming up the boards, and the trainer's got his back turned, so he's busy doing something else. And Zabanajad's also kind of like out of view here. So he comes down the boards to get a new stick, right? And he's coming to the bench, like far side. Uh, Reeves opens the door for him, thinking that he's going to get a change. Zabanajad literally like goes in between Reeves and like reaches over, grabs a new stick. And then gets right back on the ice, which is kind of nuts because I would have thought like with him going in one side of the bench, a forward on the other end would have been coming out, but no right. one did. And then he almost caught this nasty breakout pass. He catches it and goes to do like a 180, go into the offensive zone and just like blows an edge kind of and falls to his knees. So he gets the puck in and zone entry, everything. But it could have been an awesome offensive opportunity. And it could have been one of those highlights like when I think it was Matthews and Crosby a couple years ago that had... It was definitely Matthews. The trainer like gave him the stick as he's coming up the boards, full speed, and he gets to be able to like have an awesome assist because of it. Remember that? Yep. So I thought that was really cool to see. I mean, nuts to see him get on the bench and do something like that. Right? I love the uh, I love the highlights from it. We were just talking about how a camera could just like just point to one player. So we got that like <clears throat> that zoomed in footage of just Zmanjat all over the ice, leading up to him getting into the bench and everything. It's pretty cool to see that, you know. But it's just so funny because it might, it just reminds me of that Chris Kreider, um, the Chris Kreider thing with the tablet. Yeah, he's just like I don't know. His Banjad really doesn't have like a uh, sort of looking for like any facial expressions at all. So just like it happened, and just like just yeah, I I feel like he's like one of the most even keel guys around the league. Like even any situation like this, even 
he's going to the bench and getting his own stick. The trainer's not paying attention. I'd be bullshit if I was a player. I'd be like, you got to be ready for this. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's just like straight face, like no smile, no <laughs> pissed off face, just like plain as day. Get my stick, get back yeah. on the ice and, and make the something bench, happen. Get another stick and hop back out, you know? And it's so funny how much he's in the spotlight for these off ice incidents. Like I have a list here going of I, these are the players that I think are really having an impact on the series. He's at the bottom of this list just because he hasn't really racked it up like these other guys. But on Edmonton, man, Kane, McDavid, and Drysidle just mm-hmm. carried this team. Two of those three players have hat tricks. Drysidle might have one, but I, didn't, I don't think I saw one. And then on on the other side, uh, Colorado, McKinnon and Nazem Kadri, man, just certain players are just like the spotlight of their team, and and these guys are getting the job done more than anyone else. And I put Zabanajad into this category, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, too. Manjad, Chris Kreider. Kreider, too. I, I kind of left him off, done. but I think he's up there, you know? I'll tell you, Panarin. I don't think Panarin has. Think, I think he's, he's been, been kind of quiet. Yeah, kind of cold, though. you yeah. know? I think he might be battling something, like, injury-wise. Or, or, like, I just think he's one of those head cases a little bit, too. Like, not in a negative way. Just I think he's thinking too much a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, And then Game 5, actually, speaking to that, the, the Rangers go into this one uh, leading the series. I'm sorry, series was tied 2-2. Two to two. Mm-hmm. They're now away in Carolina, and Carolina squeaks out a 3-1 to one win today. Oh, yeah. That actually just ended a little bit ago, so we don't have too many notes on that. Nope. I don't think I really had anything to say there. But by, this t- by the time this drops Monday, uh, Saturday will be Carolina versus the New York Rangers, and Carolina could take them. The series is 3-2, to two, so by the time this drops, uh, we might be seeing Carolina face the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, yep. But I feel like regardless who wins this series. Yeah, I was going like, to say uh, we can we can cover Tampa next, but I think we could probably chuck our picks out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think I by mean, the this, time this next week drops, assuming, we won't have you know? them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could we could give them, you know, the opportunities. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, my, my degenerate friend actually called me middle of the first period, like 8 o'clock at night in this game. He's like, hey, man, Carolina, they're tied one-to-one. What do you think? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, they're home. Stop. They haven't lost a home game yet. I think Carolina all day. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I'm putting 500 on it. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus dude. Christ. This just makes me sweat, like, giving him these picks. Right. He puts it on. He's like, if I if I hit, I'll uh, I'll buy you lunch next week. I'm like, oh, shit, oh, that's awesome. God. And I uh, I shot him a text once I won. I was like, thank God, dude, because they were, like, empty net, I think, probably, because it was a three-to-one game initially. Because um, our all, picks all haven't that been stuff. looking good at yeah. all. Yeah. This playoffs. And he's like, I was like, how much did you end up hitting for? He's like, oh, 300. I'll buy you lunch this week. I'm like, sick, dude. Good for you. That's like, awesome. Literally next on the list, too, is Florida, Tampa Bay, which I said was going to go seven. Yeah. Um, Florida, just President's Trophy curse. I think we're going to cover that later on, too. But mm-hmm. um, just just unevenly matched. I was Last week, I was talking it up. I was so much more excited for the Battle of Florida versus the Battle of Alberta, and I couldn't have been more wrong. I'm also still not fully invested in the Battle of Alberta just because – there hasn't really been goaltending to make this a, a good series. Like oh. each of these games, yeah, they've been close other than the nine to six blowout, which was a joke. But goaltending isn't making these games, and that's what makes hockey interesting, in my opinion. Like you need those like close games where this guy's deciding. It can't just be like a goal from the opposite blue line, a, a missed pass from behind the net, things like that. Like mm-hmm. That's what makes the series interesting, and right. I think the rough and toughness, too, that we could have had in this Battle of Florida would oh, have been it. Yep, 100%. Um, but, yeah, a lot of a lot of goals. A lot of goals. This, I, I mean, I love I love watching this Battle of Alberta. I, I can't get enough of it. It's so good. The back-and-forth goals. Um, Marshall's playing really well. Mike Smith has – he's got his saves. He's got his uh, – 
How are you going to say that Markstrom has played really well and Mike Smith has his saves quote when Edmonton when is leading Edmonton three is to one? Three to one. I know. Isn't that weird to say? It's wrong. It's, it's factually it's, incorrect. It's just wrong. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just just the goaltender. You, you, like they're getting just lit up in this game, especially. <clears throat> We're watching it before recording, and uh, I feel like the puck's just all over the place. They're trying to like both teams are trying to get the puck like uh, like pass for one time is, and like in the slot, and it's just like bouncing all over the place. You see Mike Smith like mm. juggle a shot that went straight to his chest, and you know he just couldn't. Was that the goal? Yeah, they definitely yeah, scored on that. Scored on that one. Uh, no, actually, I think they might have made that save. They might have made that save, yeah. But it was kind of nice. It's just juggling all over the place, you know? Funny enough, those. man, five minutes into the second period, you're like, oh, this is the lowest scoring game we've seen. I'm like, there is so much more hockey to play. It was 2-1, to one, lowest scoring game, you said. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's 4-4 four to four at the end of the second period. So <laughs> there goes that, dude. There goes that. And that's, that. Just, that's just what I see with these guys. And I think no matter who wins this, I mean, we might as well skip Florida, Tampa, and come back to it. Let's jump to Battle of Alberta. I think whoever wins this series, they're going up against either Colorado or St. Louis. And I don't think this run-and-gun nonsense is going to work against them. Like, I have a strong feeling that these other teams that they're going to go up against are going to shut it down a lot more than who they've faced. Edmonton has faced LA, Calgary has faced Dallas, and now they're facing each other, and it's just racking the score up. I think they're going to play a real hockey team next, and and that's what's going to shut them down. So regardless of who wins this series, I think the other team is going to win personally. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I I, I agree with you. It's either... So so do you look at Calgary and Edmonton the same way or no? Um... As of like this series, especially, I feel like they've been playing the exact same way. And I think I three to like three to one lead doesn't reflect the series really. It should be two to two. I feel like yeah, right. right. And if say say one of them wins, right now you have either St. Louis Blues or Colorado Avalanche, and I feel like Colorado is more sound than more all around. Mm-hmm. You have Darcy Kemper, who is just a, a, another sound goaltender, you know. So I don't like say say they win and they go on to face uh, Colorado Avalanche. I think that's when you're gonna see Edmonton or the Oil uh, or uh, sorry Edmonton or Calgary just start having issues. Like, oh, we can't score two minutes after like. We yeah, got there's not gonna on, be a twenty know? second into the game turnover that I can put in the back of the net. Right, or there's exactly. not gonna be a opposite blue line that's gonna go. There's, right, you know exactly. it's all all these different things, and I think that's the issue. And you think if St. Louis wins. I don't know. That'd be that'd be weird because we're gonna talk about Bennington being out and they have yeah. so against like a very offensive team like Oilers or yeah. Calgary Flames. Like, can he hold the fort? You know, can he be yeah. that goalie that just like comes out of nowhere again? Like Bennington when he came up, you know. Yeah. So so let's circle back to this. Uh, we'll give our picks at the end, I guess. Mm-hmm. But let's do the the Battle of Alberta here. Edmonton is leading the series three to one, as I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, McDavid has actually been added to the record books again here. He's now tied for second. All time with the fewest games to reach 20 points in a playoff year at nine games. I think four of the people tied for number one was Gretzky, and I think one of the other ones might have been Lemieux. Lemieux, Don't quote me, but um, that that's just insane. Uh, Another Ben Stelter note here. This guy is just incredible to see. Uh, (laughs) Makachuk had a special message for him. "Quote: You may be cheering for the orange and blue, but the sea of red is cheering for you." He also goes on to say, "Quote: I'm sure you're not the biggest fan of me. I can tell by the video of you shooting the Nerf gun at me." Um, I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And Ben has like possibly been the best story of the NHL this postseason. It 
brings me back to the young girl Layla, who supported the St. Louis Blues when they won their cup. Oh yeah, he, right. she yeah. actually reached out to Ben and was like, "Hey, I was in your shoes once. Like, that's awesome. Enjoy every moment of it. You yeah. know, like this is this is a great thing that you're doing for mm-hmm. the team and everything like that. You know, right. so it was cool to see those two connect and, uh, you know, having a person like Ben behind your team, it's it's almost like. A, a seventh man on the ice, you know right. what I mean? Like it's another, it's another reason to fight and and win, right. you know, every time. Giving everyone the fist bumps on the way out to the ice, you know, he's, he's just there. But yeah, that's so funny. <clears throat> I think that, that I, Matthew Kachuk video was just hilarious because it wasn't till tonight. I must have seen it like a few times. But it wasn't till tonight I was able to like really look at it. I didn't realize that. Uh, I didn't realize that Ben. Uh, took a shoppie to Matt Kachuk's face and made him look like the devil, you know, before shooting yeah. at him. That was funny. <laughs> but you just you gotta love it, especially as a player. Just like that rivalry's there, you know. He's a he's an Oilers fan, true, true and true. And he's just like, nope, screw this Matt Kachuk guy. I'm gonna shoot a nerve yeah. at him. <laughs> I, I think what's great too is you see the opposing teams embrace this entirely, which is awesome. Like the LA Kings fly him down for an away game, even though they know that Edmonton's some absurd like ten and two with Ben in the building yeah. kind of thing you know it's like right. we're still going to bring him down here like and Kachuk being on the flames reaching out and saying hey we're, we're all rooting for you Ben like yeah. no one you know just because I'm on the other team doesn't mean I don't I don't support you right. I thought it was so 100%. cool he's living the life yeah you know? um yeah as he should man mm-hmm. uh but I got some notes on the series here after the game one nine to six win Calgary started to run cold here Edmonton wins game two five to three with an Evander Kane hat trick this guy is single-handedly going to be the best sign of the trade deadline this season. Like, Which was a joke in the beginning. We laughed at this when it happened. Yeah. And now look at his stats. Look at what mm-hmm. he's doing with the Oilers. You know, it's, I, it's insane. I, I even gave them shit for putting him on the first line. Like, yeah. I didn't think, like, th- this is wild to me to put him there. But I, I, I didn't realize how underrated he was in Atlanta how underrated he was in San Jose, how well he kind of fit in in San Jose, but then it kind of ran dry. Yeah. But I, I think that Evander Kane could have, and I don't want to say potentially could be, but could be one of the best players in this league. You know, like if he really sets his mind to it. Yeah. Look, look at what he's doing right now. Mm-hmm. It's nuts. Game if three. If you stop gambling, you'd be fine. <laughs> Jesus. Game three. Edmonton goes on to win this one as well, four to one. And uh, Milan Lucic decides to run Mike Smith late in this game when he was trying to play the puck behind his net. Uh, Lucic ends up getting assessed a charging penalty, a five minute major, and a game misconduct. And a melee actually ensued a- afterwards, which was nuts. No supplemental discipline will be given from the NHL, and he was not fined. Felt weird about this. Like. Know who else felt weird about this? Real quick, Daryl Sutter, quote machine, dude. He said, quote, they called it charging, correct? And then the guy, the reporter's like, yeah. He's like, can you imagine if Lucic actually did charge? <laughs> he's like, that's nuts. But, like, I don't know. It's 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 weird to think about because, like, you watch the replay and you're like, this is the one of the replays where you just, like, you want it slow-mo to see, like, what happened. Because <clears throat> it happened so quick. Mm-hmm. Mike Smith came out. He's not paying attention at all. His head's down. He's got his back turned to him, too. He's got his back turned. And his Lucic, I I don't know what happened, but he, like, he came in just a little bit, and, like, he got uh, Mike Smith's skate. 
somehow and like lifted up his foot and yeah, then it, he it, lost balance and like crashed into the boards and Lucic fell on top of him you know yeah it's, it looked to me like Lucic like the deceptiveness that Mike Smith tries to put on the puck he tries to fake the backhand drop his left shoulder and then come back and go forehand mm-hmm. and Lucic reads that he goes to the left mm-hmm. and at the last second sees it's going the other way so he cuts over but like can't fully get back over there and right. just doesn't have time to stop because of the yeah. commitment that he's made to that puck and that's what kicks Mike Smith's legs out and it's so bad when you see a goalie fall because it just becomes a just a jumbled, bad. goofy, awkward <laughs> mess. And then they both slam into the boards. You're not used to getting hit. Yeah, and the helmet always fucking pops, pops right off, off dude. The gloves are like flying yeah. in the air. It's always so weird. Like people we're gonna, in the nosebleeds have you blocking for some reason. Yeah, we're gonna talk later on too with the wasn't the Jordan the one that hit uh, Ryan Miller too. Yeah, so that this, that was a Lucic hit. This. This, th- that's what surprised me about there. the no call. I mean, the no supplemental discipline or fine afterwards because he had a history, history of doing this, yeah. you know? So I was like, geez, that's, uh, that's oh, tough. Because he ransacked Ryan Miller. I, I still remember that. Yeah. He came out to play the puck and Lucci's like, Yeah, he's, nope, he's, he just said, I don't care about the rule. If you touch the puck, I can hit you. <laughs> Crazy. But that's just, I don't know, just insane That to me. changed Ryan Miller's career, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. I mean, he could have been. The, the Jonathan Quick, I think, you know? Like, he he was really freaking good, but he could have been the next level, like, made something out of Buffalo. Oh, yeah, You yeah, know? Right. Ah, terrible to see. Mm-hmm. He's, st- he's still a leg, by the way. Yeah, he still Warren is. Miller. Still is. One of the best of the U.S. Uh, game four. Edmonton goes on to win this game 5-3, to three, and we actually had the marriage of Alberta on Whoa. Tuesday night as a Whoa. Flames fan proposed to his Oilers fan fiancé in the crowd. We got a Pens guy that just like got dusted and hey, now at least his girl proposal. likes the same team as him. Like this is this is nuts, man. A, a Flames crazy. fan and an Oilers fan. That's Whoa. crazy. What's that? Remember the old? Um, I think NHL commercials, or I think it might have been just Bruins, just in general, where it's like no dating inside the uh, the conference or the, the conference, division. That's the what division, it was. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, before Blades was Blades, it was like this giant disturbing, bear, disturbing ass looking bear. But the commercials were hilarious and. It was like some dude in a Bruins jersey and a girl in a Canadian's jersey. And here he is just like staring there just like, nope, just yeah. shaking his head. <laughs> dude, those bears were, yeah. Thank God for Blades. Blades Blades is a lot more uh, yeah, kid-friendly. Kid-friendly. But then we have them come out with something like Gritty and they're like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, game four, 20 seconds into this game, we talked about this. More goaltending fiascos. Markstrom turns the puck over to Nugent Hopkins. Big soft pass that he tries to send around the boards. Kind of goes off the heel, goes right to Hopkins, and he puts it right in the back of the net. Early Oilers, one to nothing lead. Mm-hmm. And then on the same note, later on this game, we talked about this as well. Uh, Mike Smith allowed a goal from the opposing team's blue line. Kind of nuts. Uh, Edmonton goes on to win this one five to three, like I said. And in the postgame interview, Smith is like, "Well, can I laugh about it now? Because like he just Im- entirely lost the puck." But at the end of the day, like. In my opinion, as an Oilers fan, I'd be like, no, dude, you can't fucking laugh about this. this. Like, right. That was a, a, a big turning point of the game. I want to say it may have been the tying goal or like just some goal that made you be like, oh, shit, like something might happen here. Edmonton bails right. him out as usual. Yeah. And I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't too pleased with uh, his, his can I laugh I about this now comment. I wasn't pleased about his reaction to it. Like, yeah, way it too happened casual. and he got up and like he was looking for someone to blame. I'm like, dude, you are like literally the only person <laughs> in the world to blame right he now did. for this. He looked at his defenseman like, buddy, what the fuck? One of the top <laughs> comments was just like that Mike Smith looking for Ethan Bear to blame. <laughs> Jesus, dude, that's brutal. Guy's not even there and he's still getting dusted. But oh, he, my God. He got up like you're screaming at someone. Like, who are you screaming at? You're. It, yeah. It's from the other end of the ice. Pay yeah. attention. Stop the puck, will you? 
Yeah, wake up. I don't know, but it was just that was insane to see. I was on, so I was on the computer, and uh, I was editing and while watching that too, while I was on Discord as well with uh, our friend Kyle, and uh, it happened, and it, it happens when you're watching it live. It happened in like a really split second, and they showed uh, the. The Calgary Flames, the penalty box, I can't remember who was in there, but he's up cheering. I'm like, why is he cheering? And like they show, they're like, no there they scored. I was like, I was like, holy shit! He goes, what happened? I'm like, I think the Flames just scored from the other other end of the ice on Mike Smith. Uh, I don't know. We've seen we've seen crazy. Yeah, we, we've I, seen. I forget that's uh, a Toscala, right? Yeah, was it the 170 foot shot? Yeah. from the other end of the ice. Yeah, Jesus, shit! You don't let down. Throwback. Yep. Um, I I, I forget what call it was too you mentioned the penalty box i want to say it was the lucci chip because the melee that ensued after blah 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 i want to say they put like three and three in the box for the the oilers and the flames and they were like this guy's getting a five minute or serving a five minute major for lucci because he's been tossed and then he was like the rest of them are all in there two minutes for roughing that's just how he <laughs> called it and it was so funny to hear like over the over the microphone that was I got great. too much shit going on right now they're just they're just in there but yeah, let's double back real quick here. Carolina and yeah. New York. Uh, let's let's make some predictions for the weekend. Is Carolina going to close this series out, or is New York going to fight back? Uh, question. Um, Carolina leads three two, so that's the fifth game. So that means they are back in New York. Back in New York for six, and then back to Carolina for seven if they need it. Uh, if anything, I want to say home. Home has been the huge. So I'm going to say the Rangers are going to take Saturday, which means we're probably still going to be talk. We'll be finishing up. Uh, Next episode, talking about this. Yeah, what? What? Who do you think is gonna win? Oh, the series. Yeah. Sorry, I completely messed that up. Um, uh, I'm I'm gonna say Calgary. Uh, Calgary. I'm a fucking <laughs> Carolina moron. I'm Carolina. on board. Carolina I'm on board. Hurricanes. Don't worry. We're I'm just on board. talking about Carol. We we're just talking about Calgary and Edmonton for the past like 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I switched you up real yeah. quick. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. I think Carolina, and yeah. then Edmonton and Calgary. Edmonton's leading the series three to one. Yeah. Going back to Edmonton for this next yeah, one, I believe. I think Edmonton's gonna take this series. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and then moving along, let's jump back to the Battle of Florida here. Tampa Bay wins in a sweep, four to nothing in the series. Uh, very boring, very boring game here. Yeah, talking about, um, about shitting all over our house, right? We covered games one and two already. So game three, Tampa Bay wins five to one. Uh, Ryan McDonough's daughter was actually with him on the ice for the national anthem. I thought that was really cool to That's see. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, kind of interesting. You don't see that very often. Yeah, right? I didn't know if they could do that. Like, I wonder what the thought process was. Like, this is a playoff game, but can I have my daughter with me on the ice? Probably because he's home. Uh, you know, he would probably wouldn't have pulled that out in Florida. Yeah. Um, and then he's getting probably towards the later end of his career. His, career, his daughter's yeah. at the right age where she can lace up and stand with him. I, I think that's a really that's cool, real cool experience, experience. You know, yeah. yep. even if she doesn't remember it being that young. That's but. something you won't forget. I'm sure. I'm sure as a parent or just like. I mean, kids are skating as young as two now. Yeah. So, but I guarantee you, he'll take that photo of yeah. him and his daughter and just yeah. like plaster it up on the wall. You know, be like, remember that. But yes, uh, sir. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about the uh, strip club, Florida Panthers, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, I mean, what else are you going to do? You know, you, you lose the first three games really shittily, and uh, what, you got to get the team going. Uh, let's go out to the strip it. club. Let's not go home till 3 a.m. We're in Tampa. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it's a really good town for that. Uh, don't ask where I get my information. But <laughs> they're out till 3 a.m. clubbing it up. And I, it says several, but I've heard that there were a bunch of them there, I guess. So good for them. Um Enjoy your President's Cup they, because Game just, Four, Tampa Bay goes on to win two to nothing. They just so. gave up. Yeah, they just they literally. I don't know, was but like, I, this is it. I think that could have been like a rallying cry, like, "Hey, let's go out, let's have a good time, let's like lose the jitters, let's go in tomorrow fresh and 
with six hours of Claire sleep. Minds. Six hours of sleep <laughs> and uh, hungover. Uh, some but other, I mean, some two, other things too. Two to nothing's a pretty respectable loss in game four. That that just is tough. Uh, kind of crazy. We got some stats here for you later on too. Yeah. Joe Thornton actually made his NHL playoff debut in game four just to get sonked. Uh, poor Joe. Poor Claude Giroux, man. Like I said it last episode, I did not want to see this here. I think this is the last season. I think we're especially Joe Thornton. I think yeah. we're going to be hearing a uh, retirement from him. Yeah. I forget the Giroux co- contract, and I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you about it, but mm. I, I think he's still in Florida for next season, I hope, because they sold a lot of assets away to get him. So yep. hopefully he's there for a couple more years, if not more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Maroon, actually, with an amazing batting goal, uh, gave his team the lead in this game. Uh, he was actually in front of Bobrovsky. The puck goes, I don't know how, but it's like up in the air over Bobrovsky, over his shoulder, and Maroon staring him in the face, reaches over him without touching him, and then make sure his stick is below the co- uh, the crossbar when he makes contact with the puck, and it kind of gets like jumbled into his pads and makes its way into the net, dude. That that oh, goal was unreal. Okay, yep, yep. I was trying to like what goal are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, that thing yeah. was awesome, wasn't that it? That was so weird. That was a one nothing goal for that game. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly enough, for this one, here's a stat for you: Game four was the first time the Florida Panthers were shut out all season long. They had not been shut out at all until their elimination game, and in it the was their playoffs. last. Last, last game. Dude, isn't that – that's like the craziest stat in the world, don't you think? Like yeah. to go 82 and then they went seven in the first round, so that's 89. 89. And then three they didn't get shut out, so 92 plus one where they did. That's nuts. That's insane. Took 93 games to be shut out. Shut out. That's crazy. Still a crazy stat. Yeah. Um, we also have the President's uh, Trophy curse here. The last team to win the Stanley Cup after earning the President's Trophy was the Chicago Blackhawks in 2013, 2013. Nine years ago. Good God. What Crazy. a curse that is. Yeah. That's probably why they just didn't care. They're like, it's, we don't want the president. It isn't. It isn't, I think. Like, that's not – nine years isn't that long of a time to say the best team in the league can't win the Stanley Cup. Like, that's not – I don't know. That's just how hockey works, I think. There's bounces. There's things like that. There's injuries. There's goaltending changes. There's hot goalies, cold goalies. Like, there's so many things to factor, and nine years is a pretty short turnaround for the last President's Trophy winner, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, we also had a nice quote from the Florida Panthers head coach, Andrew Burnett. Uh, this is kind of interesting to me. He takes responsibility for the lack of power play production from his team and says that he had a few sleepless nights and probably will have sleepless nights all summer. Um, are we kissing his job goodbye? Like, is that him, you know, putting the knife in his own back? I've seen stupid shit, just like Barry Trotz getting fired, and this would be even stupider than that. This dude led his team, led the Florida Panthers to, like, an outstanding season, like, record-breaking season. You you lost, you got swept for nothing in a playoff series. You're not the only team that's ever been swept in the playoff series. It, It happens. Unfortunately, you did, the team did struggle for those four games, and you also had players that were just, like, I'm going to go to the strip club for this uh, game four. But for your job being on Jeopardy and thinking your job's on in the Jeopardy, fuck no. And if your job, if your job, if we find out later on that you got fired, I'm just like, nope, Barry Trot's situation is going to be thrown under the rug. This is the dumbest move wow. that I've seen. That's an interesting take. Okay, I yeah. see that. I just thought it was weird for him to take so much responsibility for this. You've just showed up to this series done absolutely nothing you've lost four to nothing your power play has been atrocious the entire playoffs you took toronto to seven games which is probably one of the worst teams worst like you know bottom bottom four teams in the playoffs um to seven games uh i, I don't know i think that was uh capitals oh, i'm sorry capitals yep 
I mean, they're in the bottom four as well, I yeah. would say. I think the Capitals were really the only outlier. They may have been the worst team in, in, in the uh, playoffs. Because I still remember, like, the fourth – it might have been the third or fourth game where I was just like, oh, my God, the Capitals could take the Florida Panthers. That's right. I'm getting it mixed up because I was thinking Tampa Bay went with uh, Toronto. Toronto. That's right. Yep. Okay. Um, I, that's just my way of looking at it, especially where he's taking so much responsibility. Like, I feel like the higher-ups would be like – Hey, yeah, it is. It is Brunette's fault. You know what? He's right. Like, yeah. let's get rid of this guy. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, I got really weird vibes out of that because you don't see coaches take that much take responsibility nowadays. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I thought, it, I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, that's uh, my my take would be like, nope, nope. You had you had zero slumps throughout this entire season. Leading, yeah. Up. I mean, you had a rough first. Uh, no, you you're right. You kept pace with Colorado all season long, and then you went the distance. And when they were tapering off, you kept your foot you on the gas. Go- you, yeah. yeah, you just kept it going. And it's just unfortunate that you made it, that you had somewhat of a rough first round. But that's what happens when like you you're the you're the first place team in the league. That's kind of I don't want to say had it easy, but like you yeah, had yeah. a pretty easy season just flying through with wins. And now I have this Washington Capitals that. Knows what it takes to win the cup. Here's Ovi trying to win the cup yet again, and knows they have to they have to go out guns blazing. And the Florida Panthers are just like we can just take it easy like we've been doing all season long, and they got caught up with that. Mm-hmm. Now game seven, the Florida Panthers take it, and now you have the Tampa Lightning, which knows exactly what it takes to win. This and dude, this Tampa Bay Lightning team is a playoff team. They do not give a fuck shit. about yeah. the regular season, dude. Oh, they don't care. They just it's fine. Don't care. As long as we qualify, we'll win. We'll be eighth place. That's all we need. That's even, yeah. They don't care, dude. Don't See care. Ya. Get the hard opponent out of the way early. See don't ya. care. Still don't care. That's right. Yep. Still going to. That's that's funny that you say that because now I'm thinking about like, oh my God, yeah, that's right. They're like they're like a playoff team. Like they can just be like, hey, I want to take a few weeks off from uh, playing hockey. Be like, yeah, it's fine. We need to drop a few points in the league anyway. So Yeah, it's kind of like when your top employee is like, yeah, I need uh, like an extra week's vacation. You're like, uh, yeah, you can have that. You know what? You, you, get, <laughs> you got it. You got it, dude. You're good for it. You earned it. You earned it. You got it. But here we are. Tampa Lightning. Moving on. Three Pete. Repeat. I'm on board, dude. I'm not fucking picking against them ever again. Nope. Repeat. Until they lose a playoff series, they're my team. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Well, want to talk about uh, their playoff series? So, with that Lightning winning, sorry, with the Lightning winning that series, they have won 10 consecutive playoff series, going 40 and 16 since the first round in 2020. Gonna pick against them again? No. Nope. No. Nope. I ain't. I know I'm not. I said Florida Panthers like a month ago, two months ago. Be like, you know what? I'm gonna call it. They're gonna go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and you were just like, oof. And I'm like, now I know why I said oof, because that was just a dumb move. Just nuts. Just Just insane, dude. It's just Vasilevsky. Kucherov, Stamkos, Hedman. Mm -hmm. Like point. It just goes on and on and on. on. And speaking of Vasilevsky. Perfect intro to this. Uh, with a .980 save percentage, became the best percentage ever in a series by a goalie starting all games. He passed Chris Osgood and Clint Benedict for most all-time in series clinching shutouts, too, with six. I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, this like, guy they're, is they're just, ridiculous. Yeah. They're just a all-around playoff Stanley Cup contending team. With him and that dude, like the sky's the limits. Mm-hmm. It's it's gonna it's gonna take him getting injured in a playoff series for them to lose a playoff series. I feel like. 
Oh, yeah. It, it, it has to be something crazy that happens to Vasilevsky. He's just so big and so good and always on point. Like, he he doesn't miss. Yeah. It's great. And he's like a rubber band, too, man. Just Gumby. Gumby. He had the behind-the-back save, didn't he? Yep. The glove save, that's nice. He had a few of those, to be honest. Yeah. I went to go. I went to go YouTube that after we talked Psycho. about that. I'm just like YouTube is just like, yeah, which clip you want to see? There's yeah, like five of them. <laughs> Psycho, dude. <laughs> but yeah, insane. So Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, now let's let's jump into that. So now say the Tampa Bay Lightning move on. Sorry, okay, I'm dude, you don't even there. need to ask me. Tampa Bay's winning. Shut up. Okay, all right, moving on. What about you? Oh no, no, I'm I'm with you. Tampa Bay Lightning moving yeah, on. Yeah, I don't think it matters, man. Like it doesn't. You have Auntie Ranta on the other end. Igor Shosturkin's like very good. Don't get me wrong, but. He's not pulling, he pulling the games out the way that Tampa Bay can. And I think the same way that – well, I shouldn't say that, actually. Carolina is a, a very good hockey team. If they if they make it on to the next round, it's not a – like, all right, how do I put this, right? Florida played Washington and then went on to play a real team, in air quotes, with, yeah, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? If Carolina moves on – I, I think that they're a good match for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But if, mm-hmm. if the Rangers do, I don't think so. I think regardless, I'm still going to pick Tampa because I'm, I'm not getting suckered by them again. <laughs> I'm sick of getting punched in the mouth. <laughs> and for you, it's Tampa? It's Tampa. All right, cool. We'll, we'll cover games and stuff uh, yeah. next week. We'll, we'll have that up for you guys. Mm-hmm. And before we cover our last series here, Colorado and St. Louis, I do have a quick ad read for you guys. Massachusetts Hockey Moms and Hockey Dads looking for a training camp for your son or daughter this summer. Head on over to thehockeyedge.com and check out the amazing program they have going on. They have eight hours of skills and games per week throughout all of July and August. They have an amazing staff there that's going to take your kid's game to the next level with current NHL guest coaches Charlie Coyle and Connor Garland. Registration includes daily lunches and snacks, as well as pickup and drop-off schedules in the greater Boston and South Shore area. And registration starts at $3.95 a week. And be sure to let them know the guys at Post to Post sent you. Awesome. Uh, I have, we both have an ex coworker that we used to work with that said her son is actually going to be doing that this uh, this summer. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah. Good. So she said uh, her son can't wait to do it. It's going to be a great time. Uh, you got, it's not even just hockey. It's like on and off ice training. They're going to do for all the kids. It's like wiffle ball, kickball, yeah. lacrosse, a bunch of different stuff. That, I, I that look at it more. Pilgrim ice arena is just perfect spot because they have the ice and then right across the street, literally right there. They have that lacrosse, uh, oh, that soccer rink, right? Yeah. Yep. I look at it more as like a, a summer camp for your son or daughter too. Like there's a lot of activities, a lot of friends they can make. Like I always love doing that. Like right down the street from my house was a little park where they had like, you know, kickball, random days they would do random shit, yeah. you know? And it's kind of like that, but it's more hockey focused, and and they do get the mm. the focus and attention of a real hockey coach while they're there, while still having fun, creating nice relationships with kids, and and you know just just growing their game entirely. And the age great age range is great too. Two different groups, five to nine, ten to fourteen. So yep. I, I say sign them up, man. Like the investment that you're putting into this is great. I mean, you you're just putting money into your own kid and uh, their growth and development and. Like I said last time, time you get to spend with Charlie Coyle and Connor Garland, like you're never going to get that back. And Jeremy Swamin's supposed to be there too, so yeah. add that to the list. Yeah, so exactly. Should be a great time. Great time. But here we go Colorado and St. Louis. Colorado is now leading the series three to two. And game three, Colorado goes on to win this one five to two. This this series, I think we have like the most notes on just because of all the storylines <laughs> that are coming out of this. This is just insane here. Mm-hmm. You want to cover Sam Gerard for us? Yeah, Sam Gerard was taken to the hospital after a hit from Barbashev. Uh, he suffered a broken sternum. We'll be out for the remainder of the postseason. That hit was like a rag. Dude, doll. like you could you could like oh like you could hear the crunch of his spine just 
smashing into like it wasn't even like the boards it wasn't the glass it was right on that corner that's like a little lip and i was like oh Ugh. the sternum is one of the hardest bones in the body to break because of how centralized and like in the middle of you it is there's a yeah. lot of absorption mm-hmm. just insane dude but dear god does it hurt poor bastard too like that that's a tough one like what do you what do they do that yeah. it's like a cast up your whole torso like that's miserable so uh best of luck to him i hope he recovers quickly uh he's out for obviously the remainder of the postseason hopefully oh, yeah. he's back by training camp and mm-hmm. That, but that's a quick turnaround too. So that'd be we'll a see. very quick turnaround. We also had one other injury here too. Jordan Bennington suffering a tor- uh, a tough injury here. He got slid into by Nazem Kadri and defenseman Cal Rosen. Uh, the team thinks that he could be out for multiple weeks with a knee sprain. Another hit. Hmm, I was gonna say kind of like uh, Milan Lucic, but maybe not. It's just we need. We saw a thing that broke it down too, where. Nazem Kadri Kadri was trying to get out of the, the way. account was called Tough Calls for all of you guys that want to check that out too. Uh, he he kind of gives it like a a black and white breakdown of the play too. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. no, that's fine. Uh, Kadri was in the in the breakdown in the slow slow mo. His Bennington to the right of the right of the post, and Kadri's aiming to like the left of the post, so he's out of the way. But what's his name was? Uh, yeah, uh, Rosen. Rosen, sorry. Uh, he was pretty much in Kadri's way and forced him to the right side of the post where Bennington was or or his left, and uh, that's where he crashed into him. And even in slow-mo, dude, both of them falling on top of Bennington with that leg was just like, oh, Yeah, man, you can see it because Bennington's chest gets pushed back, his thigh gets pushed to the ice, and the leg and the pad just stay exactly where they are. It's, yeah, just, it's just, I oh. could tell exactly what it was, man. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Uh, but definitely an incidental play. Kadri's doing the right thing, trying to get to the net and poke that puck, do whatever you can to get it in. Rosen does the right thing, boxing him out and trying to tie him up. He doesn't realize the way that Kadri's body is right there, mm-hmm. that they get real tangled up. Kadri can't stop. He kind of gets like thrown into Bennington, but it's all incidental. Like the stuff happens and it's just terrible to see because yeah. it, it changes the entire course of the series now. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the game, Kadri's in a post-game interview here. He has to awkwardly pause and, like, compose himself as Bennington, like, throws a water bottle at him during this interview. Like, a classic. Like, we, we said at the beginning of the series that it was pretty quiet series for Bennington, all this yeah. stuff. But, like, back to normal, you there know? There he is, just yeah. doing the same old But, dude, shit. I would be bullshit, too. I, I, I would personally understand more where it's my defenseman and him tie up, like, kind of not intentional. Mm-hmm. But... I understand being that upset, hot-headed, and frustrated that I am out of the playoffs and my team has doesn't have me to help them make it on a run now. Right. And it's because of you at the end of the day. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't think he's even seen the replay of this, so maybe in his head. That, that, too. Was, that was very quickly after. Yeah, so. right. And, and I mean, someone brought it up, too. Um, I think it was the head coach of the Blues with, with Kadri's past incidents and things like that. So that's another thing that they looked at, but I don't think this was anything of that. So. No. Kadri did end up facing the same bullshit racist backlash that he, that he has seen online for years now, which is terrible to see. Uh, he and his family actually received threats online and suffered uh, racist racist attacks on social mm-hmm. media. So it's uh, it's completely garbage to me, and I hate to see this. Yeah. Um, it's really nothing new with the NHL, I guess, with fans. Yeah. Um, I think fans in general, too. Like, it doesn't just become about the NHL, but people just take it to a level that they shouldn't. Right, 100%. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just disgusting to see. Uh, what was it? The, uh, it was the Sam Garrod hit when he was down. They were in St. Louis, 
and like he's literally just on the ice waiting for the stretcher and you know the St. Louis Blues fans were just like pretty much jeering him and like saying mm. like you know it's just shit you don't want to see at all like have some fucking like human decency you know yeah it, i think at the end of the day it ends up being a loud minority that overcomes a uh a quiet majority you yeah. know mm-hmm. so like you, you see the highlight stories about things like this but kadri came out with an amazing quote too in, in a post-game interview about this as well and he says i just worry about some people and kids who aren't as mentally tough as i am in terms of the bullying and the racism so mm-hmm. uh good for him i mean you'll probably see me in a powder blue retro uh Reverse retro jersey for the Avs with Kadri on the back on now because yep. that's that's a great quote. I think he's he's a stand up guy for that. Mm-hmm. He has had some bullshit in the past, but it doesn't matter. He, he doesn't deserve this. No, you know, not at all. No, not not whatsoever. Not at all. It's been like this for years. Uh, Willie O'Ree talked about the shit he was mm-hmm. going through back in the day. Ethan Bear, Ethan Bear, and PK Subban mm-hmm. has talked about it. And I think uh, what was well, I can't remember his name for the life of me. Who's um. He's on Philadelphia Flyers there. Uh, Wayne Simmons. Uh, Wayne Simmons. He's on Toronto now. He's on Toronto now. That's right. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's just fucked. You don't want to see it. We talked about we talked about like the two different aspects of it too. We talked about Canada and they have like their shit with like the indigenous. Like for some reason, there's a whole bunch of shit there. And then back like here in the states too, it's like 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 black players and minority players too. Just they're getting the stuff and shit needs to fucking stop. You know. Yeah, and I think. As much as it sucks to see these things in the headlines, it's becoming less and less of a thing, and you see more and more of the the heartwarming kind of uh, gestures here. Mm-hmm. So game four, the fans show up to the arena, and this isn't anything done by the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. An Avalanche fan printed hundreds of Stand With Naz paper signs and placed them on a bunch of the seats at the Avs game in, in a sign of support for Naz. Yep. Um, and the amount of other custom signs was insane, too. Like, big blow-ups of his face, face and all this shit, yep. man. Like... Oh, dude, I, I love to see that. I thought cool it was so see. funny. Yep. Hilarious. But uh, Colorado goes on to win this game 6-3, to three, and Perron and Buchnevich decided to tag team Kadri. Uh, I want to say it was like second period by the benches, and they go after him with like multiple cross checks and just mugging him while he's down on the ice. Mm-hmm. And he, it's basically just a thank you for taking out their goalie, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But I was like, Jesus Christ, that was brutal. Um, he got clobbered. Clobbered. Was, uh, I mean... It's NHL playoffs. Uh, I'm sure it had nothing to do with the whole race. Oh, no, shit. no. God, no. I'm not, not trying to say so that. Up. I'm not trying <laughs> to say it, that. That was just such a weird, like, tie-in. To oh, yeah, yeah. Just, great like, segue. Wait, are we, are we hopping into The fans are subject? racist and the blues, and the are, blues racist. are racist. Too, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, obviously, like, the Bennington's out, so I'm sure, like, old school hockey just like, all right, start fucking around with nothing. Yeah, dude, like, you, you know? fuck my goalie, I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, but, 100%. Uh, the NHL says, I'm going to fuck you up, David Perron, and find some 5K for his cross-check on Kadri. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best part about this whole situation, like, it's terrible to see Bennington out, but for Kadri to battle back and have a comeback game like this and score a hat-trick, hat-trick. Uh, his first career playoff hat-trick, by the way, mm-hmm. like that's that's, that's fucking huge. awesome, dude. Yep. So cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I did not like to see was after Kadri scored his second goal of the night, Perron tries to hit him with an elbow like up high, kind of near his chin, way after the whistle and the goal horn's mm-hmm. going off. Like, I was like, that's kind of scummy, dude. Like, yep. I, I'm a big Dave Perron fan. I think he's, he's like the heartbeat of the St. Louis Blues mm-hmm. and – to see him do that, Just I was like, a scum oh, move. I don't know? really like that, dude. Yep. Kind of a little extra. Uh, for game five, though, one of the best games. Unreal. This game was ridiculous. Unbelievable. And I've, I, I didn't. I'm so mad. I watched the highlights and I'm like, what the hell did I miss last night? It's Thursday. 
Well, now Friday. But it was Thursday. It was Thursday in the Wednesday night game. But here we go. So uh, the Blues win at 5-4 in overtime. The Avalanche go up early 3-0. And the Blues come back so hard to tie the game. Nathan McKinnon completes his hat trick to give his team the lead very late in the game. The Blues score with a goalie pulled and will go on to win the game in overtime. This doesn't even justify what even happened. It's like it's three nothing. Uh, col- uh, yeah, it's three nothing. On Colorado. the brink of elimination. Yeah, on the brink of elimination. By the way, and then all of a sudden you're just like, hmm, what's going on here? They scored. That's nuts. And it was like a <clears> slow like, trickle. It like was the way they caught back up. Right. It was like it was like three one, and then like five minutes left. Three one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Three two, and then five minutes left, they tied it up to like three mm-hmm. three, and then. What, what was Mc, it? Like, McKinnon scored at like a buck forty three, yeah. And then you're just like, oh shit, this is. And that was his hat trick goal too. Yeah. And like, oh shit, this is this is it. Avalanche like coming up, you know. This is this is all done. And then well, with like a minute left, here comes the Blues. Same guy, Robert Net Tom, pulled. Robert Thomas. Mm-hmm. Just, and same kind of goal, like. It was one of those low angle shots, hits the goalie, kind of like he doesn't know where the rebound is, and he's just so far committed to that side post yeah. that the puck trickles out to the other side, and just two blues are right there to be just ready to slap it home. Right in, yeah. yep. And then uh, pretty quick into overtime, all done. All done. Justin Falk, I believe, got the overtime winner. I'm not mm-hmm. 100% on that one. I probably uh, just fucking butchered that. But. Maybe. But yeah, it it didn't look like he, um, Dusty Kemper even had a screen, but like in, in another angle, he just like, damn, just yeah. unlucky. Yeah. You know? It went through like a bunch of dudes and was it right under his glove or something like that? Yeah. It's like, oof, just, just a tough loss for the Colorado Avalanche, you know? But hey, shout out to the, to the Blues battling back. Willie Huso, too, to maintain composure and come back from Huge. a 3 1 3 0 deficit. If there's anything to spark a flame, it's a, t- a win like that. To like the St. Louis Blues to be like, we got this, boys. Like we're, we're gonna come in ga- guns blazing. Next yeah, week. I mean, next game they're gonna have momentum here. They're going back to St. Louis for Game Six. Yeah. yeah. So they pulled one out there. Um, I I just don't know if it's enough to overcome this Colorado team. I hope to God that Kemper isn't rattled. He looked he looked pretty good, I think, in, yeah. in Game Five, all things considered. But mm-hmm. uh, if that gets under his skin, man, that could uh, that could change the whole series. Hundred percent. But uh, this has been an interesting NHL playoffs. I will say that much. Um, I for sure thought I had my picks almost right, and then just plays went down. Goalies got hurt, and like with the, especially the Battle of Florida, we're just like this has to go seven, has to. Nope, not at all. And yeah, only- sometimes what you want isn't what it is. You nope. know. So I don't know, and it's just it's just been a wild ride. This this playoffs especially like we're talking about your friend betting on games. I'm like, I don't even know what to tell him, dude. He called me about Carolina, New York, and he asked me about Edmonton and Calgary, and I said those are the two series that I am not touching. I can tell you the Tampa Bay and Colorado are going to win their series, mm-hmm. and that's the extent of my knowledge. Like as, as much as we cover this every week, we're we're day in day out taking care of this stuff. Like it's such an unpredictable game yep. that I don't know. Especially those two series, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's wild, the shit that's gone down this postseason. Just nuts. Uh, off, uh, yeah, postseason. I get that yep. mixed up all the time. <laughs> I always fucking butcher that. Anything else you want to cover before we wrap up here? That's it. We did have a little bit of sad news here to cover. Um, I, I honestly haven't researched it. Didn't want to cover it at all. Didn't want to think about it. Uh, it's just a disgusting act. The school shooting that we had in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, a lot of, I want to say, elementary school children killed uh, a teacher. Just, just disgusting. An 18-year-old that has something wrong with him. 
uh, just running a rampage. And it's just the most disgusting thing in the world. Um, I see a lot of people saying a lot of things about something needs to be done, something needs to be done, and nothing has been done the past seven, eight, 12, Plus 20 is. times that this has happened. Uh, and I think enough is enough. Um, I'm going to throw it over to Matt and see if there's any things he, wanna th- he wants to throw in. Uh, I do have a, a little touch-up at the end, too. Um. Yeah, it's like you got. We I feel like society in general has just gotten numb to this type of shit. But like, it's it's stories like this where you're just like, whoa, like this is just beyond fucked up. And then mm-hmm. like more the more story that comes out, the more like this dude shot his grandmother before like mm-hmm. even doing this. And then like as much as the other things have been over the line, like there this is like this is the furthest you can get over the line. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's fucking insane. Like it's just insane. I just uh, there just needs to be an end to this, like something, <clears throat> and it just feels like nothing has been done. So, like in two thousand six, two thousand seven, I think when I, I mean, I'm back in Dorchester now, but we had almost eighty six shootings and deaths in Dorchester, and it did get to the point where just like it's just a normal thing, mm. and um, that's like once a week, dude. That's it, more it, than it, once a week. That's yeah, crazy. It's just fucking insane. We're just like. I don't know. You, you really just got used to it, but you know, it, it's something you shouldn't be used to, and uh, it's, something drastic needs to change. And yeah. it starts with guns. It starts. It, it starts literally fucking right there. That's that's where it starts. And uh, NRA needs to pull their head out of out of their ass, and people who are gun enthusiasts needs to also pull their head out of out of their ass and see what the fuck it's actually doing to this country itself you know yeah um there's a there's a lot of different opinions and a lot of different things that you can go down here um that's that's matt's take on it Mm -hmm. um i have my own but i'm not not a very vocal uh person when it comes to my opinions on things Uh, but one thing that really motivated me was the steve kerr interview that i saw from the golden state warriors the head coach there for you hockey fans that aren't really nba fans like myself uh but this guy is very very in touch with these kind of social issues, I think, I think he's suffered something in the past that uh, has a lot to do with these kind of things. And just, we're going to play the clip for you to close the episode out. We're going to do our shot too. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- just listen to the Steve Kerr interview. And if you find yourself feeling the same way I do, make sure to take some kind of action and actually do something because that, that's just the, the main thing is uh, the main thing of his interview is that thoughts and prayers at the end of the day, it sounds so, so bad to say, but they don't do anything, and everyone says they're going to take action and they're going to do something, but myself included, I'm not political. I, I don't do a lot of things that I should. This is something that I'm I'm personally going to do, and I think everyone else should too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, just take a listen to this interview from uh, Steve Kerr postgame, and uh, we're going to rip our Dr. McGillicuddy's menthol nips to take me into a nice bachelor party weekend that I have. Uh, this weekend for my buddy. So. You're gonna have a rough few days. Oh yeah, dude. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna have a voice next episode. I believe you're gonna be. Bu- you're gonna be drunk recording next Friday. You think so? It'll just be like pour, like seeping out of my pores. <laughs> uh, you'll be drunk from hanging out with me. I'll be sitting there just like wafting in like all the alcohol like coming out of your pores. Hey, it'll be like <laughs> it'll be like those couple times I record where I'm just like sleeping in the chair like <laughs> like this, and you're like, "Hey, are you hey, ready?" I'm like, "Hey, good to go, good to go." Yep, yep. Hey, buddy. All right. How was golf today? <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, pal. Dude. Love it. 
Like so I good. Just, like I just brushed my teeth. Nothing hits like that. Oh my god. You get to, you're good to go, you know? Wakes so, you up. Just so, I could have another. Say you got a date, right? It's just beautiful date. You're sitting there, you're smelling your breath, like, this is just terrible. I don't have anywhere to go. I have like toothbrush, <laughs> toothpaste, I don't have Listerine, no nothing. But then you see a nice little see nice like nice little packy just across the street. And then you go in there and be like Give me a Dr. McGillicuddy's menthol mint. Take that shot. Good to go, buddy. Just breath of fresh air. Dude, you just blew my ad read out of the water. I'm gonna reach out to these guys. We're gonna we're gonna have these guys as the official nip of the post post podcast coming up. Sponsored soon. by Dr. McGillicuddy. That's right. That was a sick ad read, dude. I love that. I'm fucking <laughs> revved up. I'm ready to go. My mouth smells good. I could go get a date. Just kidding. Don't shoot me, baby. <laughs> I'm single, so I'm good to go. <laughs> you wanna call us out, buddy? Yep. With that said, uh, thank you all for listening in to episode 72. Um, everyone have a great week. Happy uh, Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day because this will drop on Monday for you guys. Hit uh, you with that last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, enjoy the playoffs, and uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Bye, guys. Peace. Basketball, nothing's uh, happened with our team in the last six hours. We're going to start the same way tonight. Um, any basketball questions uh, don't matter. Um, since we left shoot around, 14 children were killed 400 miles from here. And a, and a teacher. And in the last 10 days, we've had elderly black people killed in a supermarket in Buffalo. We've had Asian churchgoers killed in Southern California. And now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. There's 50 senators right now who refuse to vote on H.R. 8 which is a background check rule that the House passed a couple of years ago. It's been sitting there for two years. And there's a reason they won't vote on it, to hold on to power. So I ask you, Mitch McConnell, I ask all of you senators who refuse to do anything about the violence and school shootings and supermarket shootings, I ask you, are you going to put your own desire for power ahead of the lives of our children and our elderly and our churchgoers? because that's what it looks like. It's what we do every week. So I'm fed up, I've had enough. We're gonna play the game tonight, but I want every person here, every person listening to this to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister, brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. We can't sit here and just read about it and go, well, let's have a moment of silence. Yeah, go Dubs, you know. Come on, Mavs, let's go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go play a basketball game. And and 50 senators in Washington are going to hold us hostage. Do you realize that 90% of Americans, regardless of political party, want background check, universal background check? 90% of us, we are being held hostage by 50 senators in Washington who refuse to even put it to a vote despite what we, the American people, want. They won't vote on it because they want to hold on to their own power. 
It's pathetic. I've had enough.